from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. DJ with us on Thursdays, T.J. Pitcher down in Tampa, talk Florida State, talk college football. T.J., good morning to you, sir. How you doing? Good, Bill. How you doing this morning? Did you get to read up a little bit on the college football playoff meetings in Dallas, which occurred on Wednesday? Yeah, some changes going on, and little little familiar with it. I've I've got some news that I waited until you came on. To reveal. In those meetings, TJ, as we know, they talked about expanding to 14 teams, which would probably pit 13 versus 14, and then the winner would feed in. But, and it could happen as early as 2026. Now, here is what has not been reported, and I wanted TJ to be here before I brought this up. I have been told from a source who was in the room that they actually discussed in these meetings the way that they could keep Florida State out, even if they were an undefeated conference champion. How about that? Here's news for you. <laughs> I I could tell the whole time you're setting up. No, I, I kind of heard something similar that they <laughs> instead of a five plus seven model, they thought about a five plus six plus Bama model. Just, you know, five five automatic qualifiers, six at larges, and then one Alabama. You know, no yeah. matter what, we're just going to put Alabama in. No Four and eight, they're in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, doesn't matter. The you know. The, the letters B-A-M-A just mean too much to this sport uh, for them to get left out. Oh, man, TJ's with us. TJ, I think the story, I believe, was either out or I hadn't seen it when we talked last Thursday, and that's the story about the ACC's most recent filing that has wording in there which says there's a number, let's talk about it. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing, but a buyout, Get you out number. Is that the first time that's been brought up specifically? I mean, it's the first time the ACC's admitted it, right? Like when yeah. Florida State came out in their board of trustees meeting on December twenty third, they said, you know, hey, we we think we're going to need about five, you know, five hundred seventy one million dollars if we wanted to buy back our rights. So there's already been, you know, if we were going to pay the full amount of what we thought the ACC would kind of value it at. So, I mean, Florida State was already very well aware of, of, of a number that it would take to, you know, satiate, you know, that they completely, now again, now that you're in litigation, you're going to settle for a lower number somewhere between zero and $571 million, right? And so, it's the first time I think the ACC has publicly admitted it. I think all along, you kind of knew that 
there was a number Florida State could pay to get up and walk away from the table. But yeah, it's the first time they put it in a legal document. So for them to for them to kind of admit to it, you know, causes a lot of people to speculate and say, okay, well, sounds like they're willing to deal. Of course, the ACC is going to say we want you to be closer to that full number, and Florida State is going to say we want you to be closer to zero, and they'll somewhere land in the middle. What's a timetable in vague terms for something like that to happen? You know, a lot of people seem to, that I chat with thing wrapped up before the start of the college football season. Obviously, mid-August is your deadline. If you want to play football in another conference in 2025, you have to agree and you have to make that intention known by, I think it's August 15th. Um, and so a lot of people think that somewhere around that date, maybe just before that date, if it goes to court, I mean, you're looking at a year, year and a half from now. And so it would get pushed out, you know, if you if you go all the way to trial, right, Like, which I don't think it does. A lot of people think, you know, by August-ish we could have some – some updates, some info on it. A lot of people think that, you know, by end of this year, this calendar year, we could have some updates. We could have some finality to it. I, I, I report this, and I, I truly believe this. I think you could announce your intention to leave before August and still not have a deal finalized, but still kind of be working on negotiating a deal because the, the two are not synonymous. You could announce that you're leaving on August 1st, and then it just comes down to how much are you paying. Well, you're in litigation to settle that. So you could finalize that. Attorneys could get that deal worked out on November 1st, right? It doesn't really matter. Uh, announcing it, like, you, you could announce on August 1st, and it's not like the ACC says, all right, money's due today, you know. So it, that's more of just an announcing your intention thing. So, yeah, I think that now I do think you lose voting rights at that point, you know. So, which, being in litigation, you might you might be out your voting rights anyway. So there's a couple of different things kind of going on. You could announce your intention to leave, and the money side of it could theoretically not be worked out fully yet. But a lot of people think that, you know, they'll they'll probably try and get it worked out around the same time. And so, I don't know, sometime this summer, sometime August, sometime this football season, I would think before the end of 2024, we, we will have resolution on this completely. Jim in Jupiter asked TJ about Will Jackson, Patrick Payton, and Farmer. Will they be team players this year and do what it takes for the team, or will they continue to show signs of being out for themselves? Yeah, I mean, they've certainly at times been, you know, kind of your, your I mean, just putting it bluntly, like kind of your problem children with, you know, portal and looking elsewhere and, going in and coming back out and all these other things, right, getting getting tampered with and then doing some tampering on, of, of themselves on their own. I will say, though, when they're locked in, when they're playing, though, they, they play with pretty max effort. They, they, they go out there and, you know, off-season's tumultuous, but, like, during the season, man, they, like, they are locked in. And so, you know, it's getting through. I mean, they're signed right now with the battles in. I mean, not the kids can't, you know, get out of an NIL contract, but – you know they're they're signed right now with the battles in. I actually don't anticipate any any drama around those kids. Um, but spring window's coming, so hold your breath during the spring window, and then uh, you know you should be should be pretty good from there. I think this will be each of their last seasons because uh, I think they all go to the NFL next year. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think we'll be fine there. I, I, and I think they'll they'll lock in and they'll play pretty pretty well uh, this year for the Knolls. Craig in Myrtle Beach, who's a golf course designer over there, good friend, big Buckeye fan, says, "Hey guys, at a fourteen team playoff, how many Dr Pepper commercials will we have to watch?" Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they get some new ones. I've seen that transfer portal one about 450 times. So, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to get a new one or two. I'd rather see people chess pass footballs for 30 seconds than than watch these dumb commercials over and over and over again. And I'll tell you, I love Dr. Diet Dr. Pepper is like my, you know, like if I'm on any kind of diet or trying to eat better or whatever, I know Diet Coke's not the best for you, but like Diet Dr. Pepper is like my splurge. Like that's what, like I love it. But I'm still kind of like, all right, guys, this is enough with the commercials, right? I, I'm already buying your product. I don't need to see the corny puns 400 times a game. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. Buckle up. All right, here's another one. Sam Dog in Middle Georgia asked TJ, "What is his oldest piece of Florida State clothing?" Man, I had some really cool old stuff that. You know, I had like a 1994 like kind of coach's jacket, um, and I even had that like back in high school. But it was way too big. It was like an extra large, and uh, I still wore it because like back in high school, like who cares? And then, uh, you know, I I a couple years ago, like we got a we I you know I just tried to be a little more healthy. Like I lost a bunch of weight, and uh, I gave it away because it was just it it was huge and swallowed me up. So I gave it to a buddy. So that was probably my oldest. At this point, like I've got some old vintage stuff. Like I've got a, I've got a, uh, a shirt from um, Florida State beating Nebraska in '93. I guess it was '94 when they played. But I've got a shirt from Florida State beating Ohio State. Um, they used to print shirts just even for like the one-off games. Like not even it wasn't even a bowl or anything. I've got a shirt from Florida State beating Ohio State. Like in. I don't know, eighty-seven or something. So you know, when it when it predates me, uh, that's that's when I know it's it's pretty old. So probably one of those two are are the oldest. I can't think of anything else right now. Earlier, the news and it hit yesterday. Eli Gold out, and apparently, according to him, he wasn't his choice. He got pushed out as the legendary play-by-play guy for Alabama. Allen in Tampa says, "Remember when Peter Tom Willis, PT Willis." called Jeff Bowden's offense high school and Bobby got him fired from the radio gig. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. You know, with that, Auburn has the chance to do the absolute funniest thing of all time with with being available. Now, I don't know if he would do it or not, but it certainly would be uh, would be pretty hilarious. But, yeah, what a crazy move. Um, you know, I don't know if that comes from – I don't know where that decision comes from, but – Alabama fans certainly don't seem very thrilled about it. Um, and so, you know, it is one of those things you'll forget pretty quickly, though. It's like, ah, oh, you move on, you know, just win games. But it, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing for an athletic department to do um, to force somebody out that's been there for 35 years. One thing, he's been there for three years, but, yeah, it's kind of a weird move for sure. Roger and Rosswell, Georgia, says, Bill, frankly, it was time. He sounded old on the air and – it just, he'd come back. Remember, he was out a year or two with some, I believe, cancer, but some really bad health situations. And I, di- I never heard the broadcast when he came back, so I didn't know if he sounded feeble and weak or what. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, you know, I'll say this. Like, there were, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't listen to a lot of the, 
FSU broadcast, but there were times. I mean, Deckerhoff was a legend, but there were times during the Buck stuff that I would listen to yeah. um, that he would just completely like butcher names and uh, and I love Gene. I, that's not me like talking bad about him at all. Like I, you know, I text him every once in a while and we chat, but you know, he would just miss stuff and call guys the wrong names and you know. I don't know. You just you just start to lose it, right? Like your vision goes. You're you know you're getting older. Uh, still real sharp, you know. Like I I chatted with him the day he called his last game, and uh, he he was remembering stories from Bowden and everything else. Like still absolutely hilarious and really funny guy. But uh, it eventually just goes. So if that's the case, that makes sense. But you like to at least be on the same page with the guy, you know. Like I you know. Deckerhoff didn't come out and say, like, yeah, Florida State's booting me out of here, um, <laughs> even if that's what happened. He, he kind of was on the same page and didn't want to make the university look bad. But, you know, I teach their own, I suppose. Tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, double fries, no slaw everywhere, mostly on YouTube. We'll have a video coming out this morning. We've been covering this ACC thing pretty good. So go check it out. And unless you're Allen in Tampa, then you can go to KnowlesBaseball.com. There you go. <laughs> All right. See you next week, man. See you, Bob. There he is, T.J. Pittenger. We'll go to Dave Hooker. Off the hook sports. Rocky Top, Tennessee, y'all. Jay Book later. Top of hour three from Buck Nuts, the Buckeye site. And then J.C. Sherbert, TheBigSpur.com, and also Carolina Rise. That's hour three. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning, wrapping up the earlier rank, 24 westbound off-ramp in Ellington Parkway. It's pretty heavy now on 24 westbound up through the Antioch area coming in from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. It's really heavy also on Vietnam Vets westbound to Hendersonville. Hey, 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Game from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. We all make resolutions this time of year, and let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. 
Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at navage.com. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Patrick Mahomes, he's in the GOAT conversation with this win. I'm calling him Michael Jordan, essentially, because he's taking other people's rings. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. If you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes, you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, GOAT-level kind of guy. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF. Tag fat side up. Tweet to Bill at Bill is King to enter the arena of ideas. Dave Hooker off the hook sports joins us. Thursdays. Dave, what's the top topic? Would it be Tennessee hiring a couple of football coaches or the basketball team or Tony Vols? Which one is it? It's a plethora right now. Yeah. Um, I would say that in order, I would say the the biggest news is Tennessee was able to uh, fill in a couple of coaching vacancies pretty quickly and I thought showed a lot of conviction and what they did there. Um, two is Vitello. And I'm going to say, because this is a really good team that can make a championship contending run. Three is the basketball team because everybody expects Rick Barnes to fail in the tournament, which is sad, but that's, that's really where they are. And then the last is actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, the NCAA because I haven't heard one person that, that said this could go against Tennessee or against individual states or schools. Um, so I would say that's fourth, to be real honest with you, which sounds bizarre. As far as the court case, though, there's nothing within the last, what, couple days or week, right? That's new news? No. For those poor souls uh, as reporters that drove somewhere into Virginia, there is there was absolutely no news that came out of that. We expected as much could be uh, to I'm told ten days to two weeks before you get uh, any sort of an answer off that injunction. But let's be real clear: Tennessee could technically lose that. The NCAA could keep battling, but they could also the NCAA get a death blow in terms of having all the carpet pulled out from under them, and then it's over. So it's kind of it's it's an all or nothing for the NCAA. It's not an all or nothing for the individual schools or states. They could still win down the line in another court 
uh, case and probably will based off everybody that I've talked to. Sam in Memphis, Tennessee, wants to know, are these Tennessee football hires an upgrade or about even? You know, I think that I think there were reasons for both of the the coaches that left. Uh, I, I think there were reasons for making the moves. And one is the ties to the NFL, and you're going to hear that more and more and more. Just the NFL is an easier job than being a college football coach right now. Um, so I think that's part of it. That's, um, I believe, uh, Willie Mack was ready for that sh- sort of change. And then, uh, Brian Jean Marie, um, had ties to Michigan. Uh, I will say as a whole, I think that right now it's too early to tell you if it's an upgrade or not. But as far as what Tennessee got, I don't think you could look at it and say it's any sort of situation like when, with, um, the, the coaches that left under the Derek Dooley regime and you were wondering if, if something was wrong. Um, you know, with what Tennessee was able to do, I think they showed that they're a much more solid program than they were uh, back in those days. So I thought that was impressive. So I would say at, at this point, I don't know, but I think it has an opportunity to be an upgrade. Wrigley Field Vol. And this has not come up on the show yet, surprisingly yet. Ask Dave is it, is it, about is it Cooper. Is it Cooper Mays? No, no, we'll, we'll go there. No, it's 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 that's Missouri. All he talked about for that's all he talked about for two months. Go right ahead. I know, I know. His thoughts, Dave's thoughts on the inappropriate behavior from Eli Drinkwitz during the Vols Missouri basketball game on Tuesday night. Dave, frankly, I haven't even looked into that much. There's been more pressing items. What specifically is the truth? Because there's a lot of fake tweets out there. There is. Okay, so what's what's real is uh, Tom Hart, who uh, has Knoxville ties, reported during the broadcast that um, Eli Drinkwitz had looked at Tennessee's team and said, y'all aren't that hot or something to that extent. Nothing, nothing huge. Still an odd statement for a coach to make and a member of your athletic department to another team. I think it's very strange. What did not happen, from what I'm told from people that were there, is the guy did not look at him and say, I don't even know who you are, you four-eyed bleep. I I didn't. I don't believe that happened. That was a fake tweet. I don't believe that happened. I do think it's odd, though, that I ran a poll and I said, who's the biggest goober in the SEC? And there was some recency bias. But there are a lot of Tennessee fans in my audience, and they still remember who Lane Kiffin was, and he got destroyed by Eli in that poll. Um, and he has just kind of, I think, taken a place in a weird sort of way of kind of a Steve Spurrier, an annoyance. Um, he's not as cool and smooth about it as Steve Spurrier was, but I think Eli Drinkwitz likes the spotlight, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Where did the bad blood originate? Was it before this last football season when Tennessee put up, I think, about 100 on them in two games? That was part of it. Um, let's go back. Josh Heupel, I think, really wanted Drinkwitz's job at the time when uh, Eli got that. I think he's. Um, I think he likes to score points. Uh, Josh Heupel does. And I think that he wanted to score a few more points against Missouri a couple of years ago that looked like running up the score to me it's still the defense is brought it's their priority to stop you from scoring so I'm not using it as a criticism but that was running up the score and 
I was told by somebody that would know on, on Tennessee's offensive side that they completely unveiled a new defense Missouri did last year um, that they hadn't shown at all. And that tells you um, – it still means you're out-coached, and that was a one-sided game. But that tells you how much importance that Eli Drinkwitz put on that game to show a defense that he hadn't shown at all. And then it caught Tennessee off guard, and they got beat by it. But, uh, yeah, I think you're dealing with uh, Eli and Josh Heupel, and they both have a little bit of egos at times. So I think they both like to score points, and um, I think Eli likes to express his ego publicly sometimes, whereas Josh Heupel typically doesn't. Robert in Big Stone Gap, VA, which that's right on the border, right? I, I think believe. it is. Yeah, Big yeah. Stone Gap. I think so. Anyways, wants to know which true freshman football that you think will impact either as a starter or participant in a rotation? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, usually, by nature, I'm going to take out the offensive lineman and to a large extent the defensive lineman just because I think it's so difficult to have an impact there. But I- I'm not going to do it in this case because I think there's – a chance for a player to come in and play as part of Tennessee's rotation and learn just a very little bit on the defensive side and be able to to keep up with things. So I'm going to pick actually two guys. I think uh, Boo Carter has been all but assured he'll get a shot at the strong safety position. He is out of uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. I believe he'll be able to play it. And then the other player um, that I think could – could have an impact is maybe along uh, the lines of the defensive lineman could potentially have uh, some sort of impact. But I have trouble not going right off the bat with uh, uh, with Boo Carter coming in this year. Now Peyton Lewis, there's he does play running back. There's an opportunity there as well. And let's not forget this. Let's say that Nico gets banged up a little bit. Wouldn't you want to think that Jake Merklinger could come in and play at a high level? Not, not that you're expecting him to, that there's problems if something happens to Nico. But those would be some guys that I would point to that need to have some sort of an impact this year uh, to be considered a class that does have an immediate uh, sort of effect. What about Mike Matthews, the receiver? Yeah, I love – I mean, I like everything about Mike Matthews, so – uh, the, probably the only reason I left him out is because right. I think Brew McCoy is going to be okay, and I think they're going to be pretty good in the wide receiver room. They need some help there, but I'm hearing good things about Dante Thornton's um, maturity level compared to last year. So the, the freshmen have, have struggled to come in and, and really make an impact at wideout, which I think Matthews will play slot position, the slot receiver position is where they've been able to do more of their damage such as Squirrel White. So I think we're a year away from Matthews, but I wouldn't rule it out. I think he's he, he's a, a big-time player who's going to dictate coverage and is, is going to be the best receiver they've probably gotten, well, definitely the best receiver they've gotten out of high school under Josh Heupel, and I guess you would say the best since that Bolitnikoff the winner. Uh, it's, it's hard to talk that. Question here, is Lance Hurd, and we're not in spring practice yet, but but is he the left tackle, and is there any talk about how he's looked here in the non-playing portion? 
I think that is the plan. It's funny, though, because I made a phone call about that yesterday, so I, I asked for confirmation on that, and I still think that's the plan based off my conversation, but I don't think they largely know 110%. Heard could go out there and say, you know, I just need to play right tackle. Um, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I think definitely the plan right now is heard at left tackle uh, when they start spring practice. But as far as lining up in groups or anything, they haven't done that yet. But I do believe that that's in the brain trust plan. Blake Rafino, who's on with us Wednesdays, lives down in Louisiana, play college ball down there, says Hurd is an absolute beast. In the run game, he will dominate. He thinks immediately now in the passing game, he's a little stiff and pass pro. He said that may take a little bit of patience, but he thinks he's going to be a heck of a player. Uh, I've watched him, and I agree completely um, with the drive blocking part of it. I think that's the probably undervalued aspect of his game. I mean, Tennessee suddenly could have a very, very good offensive line. It goes from being, you know, when we didn't know in December if Cooper was coming back or not, there was real concern that that could be a team weakness. Now it's a team strength. I think the player to watch is at left guard, Andre Keurig. Uh, is he able to take that next step? Because you wanted him to step on campus and be a starter immediately, and he wasn't ready to do that last year. So this is, I would say, of all the offensive linemen that need to up their level for this offensive line to be a true, true strength, it's Andre Keurig. That's the player you need to be watching of the group, in my opinion. The, the rest of the guys, including Hurd, are somewhat of known known qualities. Here's another one. Dave Hooker with us off the hook sports. Do you think offensively, and this is Jim in Savannah, Tennessee, I should have said, do you think offensively this Tennessee baseball team could be Tony's best? And right when I hear that, I think about that team from two years ago. But Yeah, that team from two years ago is pretty tough to talk. <clears throat> um, right. I mean, they, they absolutely could hit. And their cold streak seemed like they were, what, a day? And then they would be right back knocking the ball around the yard. So, uh, yes, I, I will tell you this. I don't know if this is going to be a better hitting team. I don't know if it's going to accomplish more than that 2022 team. But I don't think 2022 will go down as Tony Patello's legacy. And right now, if he retired tomorrow, for whatever reason, it would. He had that, oh, that fun team. Kind of reminded you, if you're old enough, of the Ernie and Bernie days back at Stokely. That, they were fun. Right. I think his legacy is going to be as a champion. Now, I don't know if that's this year or not, but I think that 2022 team will look back, and that was a lot of fun. But you'll look at Tony Vitello as a guy who can uh, coach his team to a championship level. Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports, each and every Thursday is with us. Dave, tell everybody what they need to do to get your content. No, just uh, go to offthehooksports.com, offthehooksports.com. And, um, yeah, we, we like to give stuff away, so we're doing that with our new, uh, we call it the Hooker's Corner, so you too, Bill, can be a John. And I can probably get that comp for you if you want me to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, whatever, man. <laughs> No, All right. No worries. You're, you're in Hooker's Corner. The the fee has been waived. All right, buddy. See you next week. See you, There he is. Mr. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Top of hour three, Jay Book. Jonah Booker will talk Buckeyes with him. The site is Buck.
nuts. And now Orange Blood's big, big, big. So is Bug Nuts. And Jonah's part of that crew with Dave Biddle and Steve. Steve Hellwagon's still there, isn't he? If you're new to the show, his name is Steve Hellwagon. I didn't. That's just not some stage name, Bill. Bill, there's nobody named Steve Hellwagon. What kind of name is Hellwagon, Bill? That's his name. He's a nice guy, too. That's his name. He works for Buck Nuts. Dave Biddle is the, uh, he's the dude. I guess he would be the editor. And Jonah Booker. Jonah lives out in Scottsdale. Lives out in the Phoenix area. But bright and early on some of these Thursdays, he joins us, and he's going to join us top of hour three. Also, J.C. Sherbert will be with us in hour number three. The call text option line, and you guys have filled it up pretty well today. 615-844-5600. Don't be shy. That, that is the one... And again, I think there was some confusion when we added that line a while back. Not asking anybody to change your way of communicating with the show. You're on social media, that's fine. I'm always checking Twitter for you guys. But it's for the people who do not feel like they have a communication home when it comes to this show. Texting. Nobody's scared to text, right? That's what that's for. We'll get the break. Omni Nashville Hotel. Morning. There is a couple of accidents out here, but right now we're here's what we're seeing: heavy traffic on 24 westbound coming out of Rutherford County up through the Antioch area. As you continue towards Nashville from Murfreesboro, it's crowded. Also southbound 65 in Millersville, heavy traffic on Vietnam Vets working your way through Hendersonville, and also over here in Hermitage is pretty crowded westbound I-40 as all that traffic also comes in from Wilson County towards Hermitage. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring. Uh, go by and see them today in person, or check them out online. For more information at princesshotchicken.com, I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Bob's Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob's Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts from the traditional fillet 
filet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Welcome back to the Bill King Show. You can hear the Bill King Show on WYTK, ESPN 93.9 FM, The Score in Florence, Alabama. Call or text into the show now at 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Kevin in Town on the tax line. Bill, did Dave just say Hooker's Corner? If you freeze, Bill, just move to the edge of his seat. That's funny. That's funny. You know what's interesting? The Ole Miss fans, they despise Hugh Freeze. Now, I guess we could suggest pretty easy to understand why the way things went down. But he won there. He beat Alabama back-to-back years. You may be able to say, okay, it's a fluke if you do it once. Doing it twice? Hard to be fluky twice. He did some good things there. The end was a catastrophe, as we know, and we all know what happened. We don't need to take time today to go back into that. But they despise him, man. They really do. They do not like him at all. 614 Rob up in Ohio said, yes, Bill. Steve Hellwagon is still with Bucknuts and does G-Word. Great work as always for them. Yeah, Steve back in the past has been on this show many times. And uh, Dave Bill, Dave Bill, did I tell you guys, I got a, a note from Dave about a year ago. And he was worried that we were mad at him because we were using J-Book. I just felt like, first of all, J-Book is uh, very, very good, and Dave Biddle's very, very good, too. And Dave's the editor there. It's just Dave's doing work. I think he was hosting, 
on the, and I always forget, what's the Columbus, Ohio sports station, the most popular one where some of the former Buckeyes have shows and stuff? I know you guys are talking about it from time to time. Biddle was hosting, I believe, in the morning some there. Very busy. So not only doing his butt nuts work, which is all-encompassing, covering a brand like that, but I think he was doing some work up there at the local C-Bus station that's so popular. Didn't Herbie used to have a show up there? I know lots of Buckeyes, and I still think they have a bunch of Buckeyes up there for, for pretty obvious reasons, right? But... And he would always, Dave's always been gracious, but he said, hey, Bill, did I do something wrong? Is there anything? No, 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 not at all. I just, I thought that it would be easier to go get Jay Book. Jay Book's really, really good, too, and he didn't seem as occupied as Dave being the editor of that paper and also having some apparent new duties on that radio station up there. And again, and I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's doing, if he's there every day or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I haven't. I haven't heard. I'm not. Not in the. Uh, I'm not in the. Uh, the loop on that one. John on the Emerald Coast says, "Bill, although I have been a long time listener, I'm not on social media. Grateful you added the text line so I can occasionally reach out. Thanks. That is exactly what this uh, I think is most important and for." Because there's a lot of people on social media, but there's a whole lot of people that just don't, it doesn't interest them. I get it. I And texting is the most uninvasive way of conversation I think you can have, right? Nobody worries about their voice on the air or being out there in a big platform on social media. I see your text. Just come right here. So, yeah, for folks like John, it's perfect. No, Kev, Bill, where do you think Ole Miss would be if Freeze had not gotten busted? I think they'd be a team that's a threat every year. Would they be as good as this team here that they've got coming up? Don't know about that because this is the best Ole Miss team, I know I've said it ad nauseum, that I've seen. On paper, this is the best Ole Miss team that I can ever remember. E-word ever. What that means, big picture, we'll find out. That does not mean I'm picking them to win the national championship. I'm picking them to be a bigger threat than I can recall them being because normally they are not a threat. That is not the case now. You look at this team on paper, and they got dudes everywhere. So no Kev up in Chicago. I think they'd be a very good team. But would that be as good as this group here? I don't think so, because this is the best Ole Miss roster I've seen. I go back to... At least Steve Sloan. At least. And that'd be, when did he take over? 79, 80-ish? He was at Vanderbilt, Texas Tech, then Ole Miss. Steve Sloan, former Alabama player from, 
I believe Cleveland. He's from uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, that is. Not Cleveland, Ohio. But he's from the Chattanooga area. Steve Sloan. I remember when Steve was at Vanderbilt, he came back later years and was offensive coordinator here. Yeah. I don't know how many players. I'll have to look where all he'd been. But in the 70s, when he was at Vanderbilt, he was a young, hot-shot coach that had the nation's attention. And it was a really big deal here back in the uh, 70s when Texas Tech came in here and plucked him, plucked him out. I remember that vividly. All right, we'll get the break. Coming right back. Presented by beautiful, beautiful place, the Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. We've still got heavy traffic out here in a couple of spots like 40 West coming out of uh, Wilson County, Mount Juliet area in and through Hermitage. Still a little bit crowded. Vietnam Vets westbound at Conference Drive. Some of that traffic's getting on to 65 going southbound as you come off Vietnam Vets traveling down through Madison. And it's building now pretty good northbound 65 up through Williamson County. A 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. Check them out at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hello, I'm Greg Pogue. Welcome to High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. In only the second season since making the jump to NCAA Division I and joining the OVC, Southern Indiana claimed the Women's Basketball Regular Season Championship with a 72-64 win Tuesday night at Moorhead State. It was the first league title in any sport for the Screaming Eagles. Moorhead State lost twice last week, and the men's standings is much tighter with two weeks to play. The Eagles at 11-3 have a one-game lead over UT Martin, Western Illinois, and Little Rock all at 10-4. Moorhead State plays at Western Illinois Thursday in a key matchup. Western Illinois has won 10 true road games this season, tied with UMass Lowell for the most nationally. It is the most road victories for the program since the 1957-58 season. UT Martin's Jordan Sears became the second player in program history to reach at least 500 points and 100 assists in a single season. His teammate Jacob Cruz was named OVC Men's Player and Newcomer of the Week, while Southeast Missouri's Marquise Bell was top freshman. Southern Indiana's Allie Saunders was also named both Women's Player and Newcomer of the Week, while her teammate Chloe Gannon was named top freshman. For complete information, this year's Ohio Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank, which will be March 6th through the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC basketball. You won't believe it until you OVC it.
It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale through each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. He knows all there is to know about Johnny Five Star, and now you can too. It's Bill King. Kevin Hagan and I will tape this morning around 11.05-ish for tomorrow's show, the Friday show. And he said, yeah, we will get into Eli Gold for sure. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk about it. Eli, apparently, Eli Gold has been pushed out as the Alabama play-by-play man. Now, Chris Stewart was doing basketball, right? And I believe, doesn't Chris do baseball too? Correct me. I've known Chris for 30 years. Kevin knows him very well. Kevin's in touch with him way more than I am. And he'll take over according to reports. But Eli Gold said yesterday after the news that it was not his choice. Apparently, he got pushed out. I do not have any insight into that at all. What could have happened? I've had a few of you say that he sounded like he had been deteriorating, meaning on the air. Voice wasn't strong. Didn't seem as sharp, energetic, all of those things. And, again, I'm not involved. I don't hear the Alabama broadcast. Ever. I would not know. I've had a couple. Robert in Roanoke said that he had listened, thought Eli did fine. So I've heard both angles on how he seemed to be doing when it comes to his play-by-play job at Alabama. But he has, according to reports, been eliminated as the play-by-play guy at Alabama. And Chris Stewart will take over. And I'm happy for Chris. I've known him a long time. I don't know. I know Eli enough to where when I would be out, I'd see him, we'd talk. But I didn't know him, right? I I wasn't like we were in touch or something. We would just exchange pleasantries, talk a little bit. But that would be about it. Yeah, that would be, be about it. I always thought that he did a good job. Yeah, I always always thought that he did a good job. So something happened there, and that that happens 
How many of these guys go out on their own? I'd say quite a few of them, though. John Ward went out on his own. Remember, John Ward at Tennessee went out the year they won the national championship in 98. Uh, Kaywood Ledford went out on his own. And Ralph Hacker, remember, his color guy took over. Ralph Hacker was god-awful bad. But Ralph owned the big radio station and had so much power, he just took the job. Nobody fought him. The the host, Jim host, the people up there, nobody fought him over it. Hacker was on air as a play-by-play guy. Now, on air elsewhere, Hacker was really good. As a play-by-play guy, just awful. Just terrible. Munson went out on his own. Jack Crystal down at Mississippi State, a legendary name. Jim Hawthorne down at at, uh, at LSU. And I'm going to skip some. Paul Eels at uh, Arkansas, who Lou treated horribly. I remember Paul Eels, though. And how many of you go back? It wasn't that long ago. Jim Fife at Auburn. Jim's health had been deteriorating. And Auburn's had some tragedy. Their next play-by-play guy got killed, he and his wife, in a car wreck, if you'll recall. Very tragic and sad news. But in this case, sounds like the, and again, I have no insight. Sounds like we have a repeat of the John Forney thing. I don't know how many of you take it back that far, but seems like it. Jeff Chu says, Bill, since Eli returned, he only did home games. I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Chris Stewart did all the away games, including the SEC title game and playoff. Well, it sounds like, and again, God bless the guy, it sounds like Eli was not healthy or physically able to do the rigors of traveling when it would be a home football game or what have you, postseason. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Allen and Tampa Bill, Eli was great in NASCAR. I remember that. So good. Is he still involved at all in NASCAR? I I wouldn't know. (laughs) I would not know. Jay Book, when we flip this page to hour number three, y'all, it's Jay Book, Jonah Booker, from Buck Nuts, the site that Dave Biddle and Steve Hellwagon have. Fantastic site. Any item you have for Jay Book, put it on social media, at Bill is King. That would be on Twitter. Or you can text it, 615-844-5600. Jay Book talking Buckeyes. Did anybody, maybe Ole Miss could, could claim, but did anybody... During the portal season, the he-gone gateway season, stuffed their roster with more star power than the Buckeyes did. Not new news. No, those aren't news stories, but I don't think so. Jay Book, when we come back, Omni Nashville Hotel. <laughs> 